Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster. I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what, well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. As a member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the Depth of Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds, tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, Shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat. What's happening, everybody? Happy Tuesday and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, a division of the DWZ Football Network. And on this week's show... We are going to be looking at the last three classes of the tight end position on a mock draft Monday with our special guests, Michael Bauer of the Dynasty Rewind and Cody Carpentier of Roto Underworld. So I'm going to grab those guys here in just a minute. I'm going to keep the intro short as per request and uh, got a couple of things to cover. Uh, Five star reviews, man, we are three away. Three away from that fabled 200. Got to get to 200. Big deal as we continue to grow. If you would be so kind as to hit pause if you're listening to this via podcast and go in and leave us a rating and review. And I believe I have fixed the microphone issues. Did some YouTube tutorials, did some test runs with my man G of the Aussie guys. And I believe the microphone issues are a thing of the past. You see, you try to upgrade your equipment and it creates issues. Maybe I should have read the owner's manual. Well, what do I know? Fuck me. But anyway, be sure to check out the uh, the Dynasty Warzone and, and man, be sure to check out our YouTube page. A lot of things going on. So tonight, we're going to be talking the last three rookie classes and then tomorrow night, me and my buddy Jerry, we are going to break down the tight end position from our staff rankings. So you don't want to miss that. And we'll also get Jerry's opinion, his take, his feel of the Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford deal. Uh, a lot to cover tomorrow on the Dynasty War Zone, the mothership, the Dynasty show. Uh, and then look forward to also jumping on with Rosalie Michaels of uh, DraftKings as well as other places. She's going to jump on with me and Dr. Kyle to cover Prop bets, Super Bowl bets, and all things gambling on the Big Bet Podcast Wednesday night on YouTube and on Thursday in your podcast. So make sure to check us out on Twitter at Dynasty Warzone, and uh, that's on Instagram and Twitter. And if you're not into social media, you can hit me up at Dynasty Warzone at gmail.com. Again, Dynasty Warzone at gmail.com. Uh, one last thing before I grab these fellas and we start talking about this rookie class of tight ends, I got to make sure to let you know that this show 
is brought to you by patreon.com forward slash dynasty warzone and it continues to grow thank goodness we've moved the group chat to a group chat app that is used by colleges for large large groups because we are reaching capacity uh, but there's room for you this is the official community of the dynasty war zone and, and that's the big word is community everyone is looking to be part of something um, I know at times before I was into the podcasting thing and, and hosting the Patreon, it all feels a little bit weird because sometimes it feels like we love fantasy football and we love Dynasty way more than the rest of our league mates. And, and sometimes you feel like you're bothering the group chat because you're trying to get it going. I can tell you, you will never feel like that at the Dynasty Warzone Patreon. This is a safe place to jump in and talk Dynasty with people who love Dynasty just as much as you. Um, we're going to be rolling into startup season. We've already got seven Patreons, three Debbies. We did some charity leagues last year, and we're going to be starting up more leagues right after the Super Bowl. And you're guaranteed to be in a league with either me or Jerry. Um, and you could also be in a league with me and or Jerry and possibly graphics guru, Maddie, our chief medical consultant, Dr. Kyle, uh, our redraft brothers, Jake and Kyle from the FF Smackdown. They'll be joining us on the DWZ network here starting after the Super Bowl, as well as Tyler and Lou from the Daily Destroyer, our DFS show that will be working on there. So you'll have full access to the entire DWZ crew. But you're guaranteed to be in a league with me or Jerry if you want to join a Patreon startup. And it's a home to the group chat that never dries up. Or should I say there's group chats. You see we have a rookie Devi chat. We have a gambling chat as well as the original Dynasty chat. There's so much room. There's so much room for growth that you just wouldn't believe that you could take your Dynasty and love of football to this level and we'd love to have you as 2021 startup season and build season is upon us. So head over to patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone and uh, become a member. So here we go. Five minutes in. How about that? Five minutes in. I'm ready to intro the guests. So tonight's first guest is Cody Carpentier. And he is the data. And it says in his Twitter bio, the data collector at the Breakout Finder, which is an app. For those of you that are not familiar, you can find the Breakout Finder app on Apple and on Google Play. And he's also uh, a data collector for playerprofiler.com. Uh, he hosts the Uncovered Prospects podcast on Roto Underworld. And he is uh, one of the hottest new, you know, young podcasters in the game. So really excited to have Cody on the show. He has his own Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Carpentier NFL. And uh, give that man a follow on Twitter at Carpentier NFL. And that's spelled Carpenter at an I. Carpentier, Carpentier NFL on Twitter. And my second guest tonight, hailing out of the red corner. I feel like Bruce Buffer. Our second guest is Michael Bauer. And Michael is the host of the Dynasty Rewind. Yes, that Dynasty Rewind. What I love about what I love about Michael is that in his Twitter bio it says I enjoy 
muting group conversations. And if you want to be in a group conversation so that he can mute you, you would have to follow him on Twitter at the M Bauer. That's the M B O W E R at the M Bauer on Twitter. And uh, let's go get these guys and let's talk about some rookies and young tight ends. All right, and here they are as promised. We have Michael, we have Cody. I'm going to introduce them both and then let them tell us about what they've got going on. So first, joining us from the Dynasty Rewind. You've already heard his intro, but you're going to hear it from his own mouth. He is Michael Bauer. You can find him on Twitter at the M Bauer. Michael, man, welcome to the Dynasty Warzone. Thank you for jumping on with me. Man, this guy's like Jerry. He mutes himself, and I <laughs> unmuted him. I'm so sorry. I had to clear my throat before the show, and I didn't want to clear my throat into your ears. I apologize. So no, uh, no, no. Well, first of all, we we call that on the Dynasty Warzone. We call that pulling a Jerry. Uh, Every guest does it. I don't know if they do it in homage to Jerry because he's not here. So I'm I'm right at home with this. But thank you so much for jumping on with us, Michael. Yeah, and look at that. We pulled our first Jerry. What like uh, 48 seconds? <laughs> so this is fantastic. But Gentlemen, thank you so much for having me on. I've been anticipating this for a while. Got some good notes on tight ends here. And you know what? When we were talking uh, behind the scenes, you're like, yeah, you got the yucky one. Nah, man. Tight ends are where it's at, in my opinion, because not everybody can have Kelsey or Andrews or Kittle. You just can't. So what we're going to talk about tonight is just as important as scouting your future quarterback, running back, wide receiver. Um, check me out on the Dynasty Rewind. Got a lot of good stuff going on. We're switching to Tuesday nights. Instead of Fridays, um, my wife is thrilled about that, in case anyone's wondering. And um, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Rewind. Five or eight bucks a month, you choose. Um, you can always pay more, too, just so you know. Uh, lots of good stuff, bonus pods. And we're also looking for a DFS writer in season. So hopefully you don't mind me promoting that here. But um, DM me at the Empire 85. I don't know anything about DFS. I won $100 once, and I think the next week I blew it all. And then somebody, <laughs> so somebody please come help me and our patrons. Hey, man, for, for me, uh, I had dubbed myself Mr. Mincash, not Mr. Minshew. That's Gardner. He's in Jacksonville. I'm Mr. Mincash. I can piece together a lineup that will win, win you 8 bucks, 10 bucks, what whatever the, the, the minimum is, yeah. I, I can get you there. But I found that not only do I not – do great at it. I don't really enjoy it, but I know a lot of people do. So we brought on a couple of guys ourselves. So maybe much like we found Tyler and Lou uh, from our DFS show, we can find you guys some uh, DFS content. Help us and, out. And, speak, and speaking of a guy with DFS content, now he doesn't do DFS, but he's part of one of the biggest uh, conglomerates of dynasty and football stuff on the internet. He is part of Roto Underworld. Now he is a data collector, but I like him on the Uncovered Ops the, uh, the Uncovered Prospect Show on Roto Underworld. His name is Cody Carpentier. You can follow him on Twitter at CarpentierNFL. Cody, also welcome to the Dynasty Warzone. Well, I appreciate it, and I appreciate the shout-out there. Yeah, mainly uh, you can catch me on Roto Underworld, playerprofiler.com. Obviously, I am the one that collects the stats, collects the data. In season, we have a team of guys that uh, watches every game, collects all the statistics, and I'm really the one that processes that. And then, uh, obviously, like you said, undercovered ops in the season, undercovered prospects outside the season. 
Um, you see a lot on Twitter, you know, the guys are talking about Najee Harris and Travis Etienne and Trevor Lawrence, but not a ton of guys are really diving deep. And that's the one thing that I just, I love and I've always liked about fantasy and dynasty, especially is finding those diamonds in the rough, those Philip Lindsay's guys. You can, even if it's just a year of usage, you know, that's, that's really what gets me going for fantasy and dynasty, especially, um, I have a podcast, definitely like the Undercover Ops and Prospects. I have another one that is on my Patreon, and that's at Carpentier NFL. And then I'm working on a third podcast that's going to be at my first episode last week with my brother. That's strictly just NFL, you know, up-to-date news, trades, Super Bowl talk, etc. So, uh, you know, I appreciate you having me on, and I'm, I'm ready to talk tight ends. Well, man, I appreciate you both so much. Yeah, I, I, I love talking to new people. Uh, we were talking before I hit the record button, and I have a habit now. I've got a I've got a great circle of people that I trust from a, a rookie and a, and a and a college prospect standpoint. You know, uh, guys like Travis May, Ray GQ, you know, Nick Whalen, and Garrett Price, and I could go on. And I'm going to miss somebody, so I'm going to stop naming names before I miss <laughs> someone. But it's always good to hear new voices in my head uh, on top of the ones that are already there. So for those of you that have joined us for the first, uh, the first three installments of this, we're going to do the exact same thing. Michael's going to take the 101, Cody's going to take the 102, and I'm going to take the 103, and then we're just going to cycle around real quick. We're going to talk about these tight ends, and I think we're going to find a lot of good stuff, especially we're going to do this, we're going to do four picks at a time. And I think we're going to get a, a clear idea of where some of the top tight ends from the last three classes rank versus uh, the middle three, I'm excuse me, the middle four, and then the final four. You know, that that's where the gems come in, and that's where we're going to lean on these guys because unlike a quarterback, a wide receiver, a running back, if you hit one of those guys, you will increase their value in your dynasty league. But if you hit on the right tight end in your league, especially tight end premium, that player in your if you let's say you have George Kittle and you hit on one of these young guys, man, you've got a nice trade piece. You've got an asset to maybe fix another hole in your lineup. So to Michael's point earlier, uh, the tight end work is the dirty work, but it's the work that can have the most reward if we do this. So Michael, without any further ado, uh, who are you going to take as the 101? Now we're going back to 2019. 2020, and then this year, I know there's a couple of studs coming out. Uh, who would be your 101 if you could have any of the young tight ends uh, for your dynasty roster? I do want to say before I make my selection, um, a lot of people don't draft promising tight ends because um, I have Kelsey, I have Kittle, whatever. You know you can flex tight ends too, right? Do you want the – let's say you have Kelsey and then you get like the tight end eight. That's better than a wide receiver four or a wide receiver three. And the fact is when you play fantasy, the more points you score, the more likely you are to win. So with that being said, looking at this list and I did some research the other night, I got to take Kyle Pitts. I know he's never set foot on an NFL field before, but the fact of the matter is, and I know Ray is going to love this. He is in uh, the chat right now. The fact of the matter is he's the best tight end on this list. He's massive. And Ray even comped him to Calvin Johnson playing tight end he can do everything he gets down the field 
He can block. He could probably run the ball. So Kyle Pitts is the guy I want. And, and it was a toss-up, believe it or not. I had to think long and hard. And when I did this, I did it like I'm ranking these players. I'm going for pure ceiling. And I think he has the best ceiling out of all these players on this list. Well, I, I like the boldness. Um, I don't know that I would have went that direction, direction sometimes. I have a tendency to play it a little too safe. Now, I'm going to go ahead and throw it to Cody. I think I have a damn good idea of who he's going to go 102 in this little exercise. But go ahead and give us your 102 and then compare the guys because I, I feel comfortable. I think I know where you're going. So I'm definitely a big Kyle Pitts guy this year. But I'm you know I'm going with a player profiler favorite right here, TJ Hawkinson. This guy has 88th percentile agility score. You know, he, he was top five in the league in targets this year, top 10 in routes run. He can do all of it. And what I really like about this is if you look at the Detroit Lions in 2021, you know, Marvin Jones is a free agent. Kenny Galladay is a free agent. They just brought in Goff, who I'm guessing we're going to talk about in a little bit. But Goff uses Higby. Goff used Gerald Everett. And, and TJ Hawkinson is going to be the mainstay in Detroit for the next, you know, probably 10 years. And, and I mean, personally, if I would have had the one-on-one, I think I probably would have went Hawkinson, but I can feel you on the Kyle Pitts. I think he's going to be just like, you know, a Darren Waller type. That's, that's a, you know, you can't go wrong with either one of these guys, in my opinion. Well, you, you, I, I definitely set myself up for this because I let you guys go first, which is what a good host is supposed to do. By the way, you always treat your guests like family. You let them go first, but no, I, I would have been torn because I think for me in a vacuum, I agree with Cody. I think I would have went TJ Hawkinson by a razor's edge over Pitts, but that could very well, that could very well change if Kyle Pitts lands in the right offense. When we were talking about rookie tight ends, we did a thing called the rookie five question game and the tight end version was done with myself and Garrett Price of the Dynasty Nerds. And we we fantasy drafted Pitts to the L.A. Chargers. We think that Hunter Henry is going to walk in free agency. And could you imagine Kyle Pitts with Keenan Allen, with Michael Williams, with Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler? And, you know, obviously Hunter Henry would, would have to take his talents somewhere else. But if he lands in a spot like that, it would be very hard with the size athletic freak that he is. Because it's going to be just as unknown. And again, at the end, we're going to, we're going to briefly cover Mr. Goff and, and Mr. Uh, Mr. Stafford, the, uh, the quarterback past and present of one TJ Hawkinson. But I'm on the clock. I really, I really don't feel like I have much of a choice here. I think the, the answer is obvious. And I don't think we've seen the best of this guy yet. He's had some injury issues. He's had some quarterback inconsistency issues. And I'm going Noah fan. I, I think on playerprofiler.com, he was a 99th percentile athlete in, in the Spark X component. And I don't think we've seen the best of him. I think there's still room for his value to go up. His offensive coordinator, Pat Shermer, has a track record of using the tight end significantly. And this Denver offense, even though word on the street is they were interested in Matthew Stafford, Drew Locke's still the guy. And I really want to see Drew Locke, I want to see Jerry Judy, Noah Fant, Cortland Sutton, and the entire offense to have an entire offseason with Pat Shermer. Pat Shermer was not a great head coach, but Pat Shermer was a damn good offensive coordinator, and I think he can be with these tools again. So even though Noah Fant is fairly highly thought of in the, in the fantasy and, and dynasty worlds, I don't mind taking him third. I would have loved to have had Pitts, I would have loved to have had Hawkinson, but... 
I, I will quote unquote settle for Noah Fant. So anything on Fant from either one of you guys before I let Mr. Bauer make his uh, his next selection? I'm going to take this one first. Yeah, I mean, I this is this is this is really the in this conversation. You know, you're going top twelve. This is the tear break for me. This Noah Fant was no question the number three when I was looking at this before the show, and, and everything you reiterated. He is. You know, when you when you go on playerprofiler.com, every bar goes up. This guy, athletic freak, you know, went there with TJ Hawkinson in Iowa. I mean, you can't argue with any of that. You know, the injuries is the injuries, and I and I think the quarterback situation, though I like uh, Drew Locke, it can only get better. So it's the upside is one hundred percent. I agree. And anything for you, Michael? Before you, uh, but this is where it's going to get tricky. So you're going to have the one hundred four. But anything on fan? You a fan guy? I do like Noah Fant. I actually have him a little bit above TJ Hawkinson. Let's not forget, Hawkinson has had some injuries as well throughout his time in the NFL. So if you think about it, they're kind of both the same player as far as injuries go. Hawkinson, I think, is a better blocker. But the one thing that puts Fant above me, uh, above Hawkinson for me right now, is the continuity. Offensive coordinator, uh, quarterback is staying the same. I feel like that's going to help him a little bit. Courtney Sutton, Sutton coming back. Sorry, I can't talk tonight. I was outside today. I'm not shoveling. My face is still kind of numb. Um, <laughs> with guys like Cortland Sutton coming back, Jerry Judy getting another year in the offense, I think that takes some coverage away from Fant. I think he's going to be ready to explode. And now I'm going to sound like a Debbie guy because my next tight end is actually Pat Fryermuth from Penn State. I am from Pennsylvania. I'm a Penn State fan. I watched every game that he's played in. What I can tell you is if you liked Mike Gusecki as a prospect, Pat Frymuth is 10 times better. He can do everything that Mike Gusecki can, but better. He He's a massive human being. He also was injured to end the season. So therefore that could negatively affect his draft capital. In my opinion, it might not. And that means he could be slept on in a lot of drafts. So make sure if you can't get Kyle Pitts this year, Pat Frymuth is going to be fine. I do like him better than uh, some of the other tight ends this year, which is obviously why I have him at four. So Frymuth's my guy. I know it's a little bit of a homer pick, but. I'm going to stick with it. Hey, man, I, I like the pick, and I have a question for you. So uh, that's a name that I'm starting to get familiar with as I'm doing my you know, upcoming rookie and uh, research and everything. Where do you think he'll go in a tight end premium super flex league? Is he going to go somewhere toward like the middle back half of round two? That's where it feels like as I've like mocked this out in my head. I think the round one guys are pretty much baked at this point. So I, I have to assume somewhere around the middle of round two, does that feel right? I, I would say it does. There's going to be a lot of uh, people. I feel like Pitts is the clear-cut one in this class. You know, there's one, and then there's a massive tear break, and I think we could probably all agree on that. I think landing spot is going to be pretty dependent on guys like him and Brevin Jordan as far as not NFL career, but where we're taking these guys. And you know how fantastic fantasy Twitter is. There's going to be all that flip-flopping back and forth. So what I what I always tell everyone is, you know, don't just buy into the narratives on Twitter. Find analysts that you trust and then use your eyes because at the end of the day, you're the one that's making this draft pick and you're the one putting these guys in the lineup. So use your eyes, use your gut. But that does sound about right. You never know. There's always going to be a guy that's going to reach for him too. So there's nothing wrong with that. And before we go to Cody and we get his, uh, his opinion on Mr. Fryermuth, I'm going to do like a two-way promotion. How about that? So if you want that sweet, sweet breakout finder merch, like the hat that Cody's wearing live on, on YouTube, uh, you would have to go to like to breakoutfinder.com or rotounderworld.com. But if you want some sweet, sweet Dynasty Warzone 
or Dynasty Rewind merch, you got to go check out our friends at Viridian Global. Go over to ViridianGlobal.com, um, search by collection, and then you just search our podcast. We have got we got the dad hat. We've got the hat that looks like the LA Raiders hat. We've got raglans, hoodies, you name it. We got it. And if you don't, we don't got it. Let us know. We can try to get it. Same thing with the, the dynasty rewind and a lot of great collections over at Viridian global. Uh, if, if you know anything about this show, you know, I do a gambling show. It's called the big bet with Dr. Kyle. And when we sign off, we sign off with a tagline that money won is twice as sweet as money earned. And that's on the back of the big bet t-shirt. Little logo on the chest, money won, twice as sweet as money earned on the back, and it's a champion long sleeve tee. So not only is it good quality, it's got a great saying on it. So go check out our friends at Viridian Global, V-E-R-I-D-I-A-N, ViridianGlobal.com. Search Dynasty Warzone and then uh, look at that sweet Dynasty Rewind logo. And I'll just go ahead and throw a bonus plug in for the Breakout Finder. Go get that Breakout Finder hat at BreakoutFinder.com. So there you go. Another quick promotion. Now back to uh, back to Cody. What do you think of Pat Fryermuth? And then uh, who would be your one oh five? So with Fryermuth, that is one that you know in twenty twenty that he grew on me more than anything. I've had conversations with multiple people that convinced me Fryermuth over Brevin Jordan. Brevin Jordan, you know, my favorite college team is the Miami Hurricanes. Shout out Brevin Jordan and. That I think that was a lot of bias, which you know happens in fantasy and in sports. Is you know you're biased towards the guys you watch. Either way, it is. When I turned on the tape with Fryermuth, and you just see that athleticism. You know he's six five, two fifty eight. He's seventeen percent college target share. Broke out underneath twenty years old. Like he projects as a guy like Greg Olson. I know that's a high comp. I don't like giving high comps like that, but you know he. I don't like the guys that are under 240 pounds, and that's you know Brevin Jordan's area, 6'3", under 240. Fryamuth, I, I love that pick. Personally, at that 104, I would have leaned toward Herb Smith, but you know I I like the Fryermuth pick. And you know with 105, like I just said, I'm going to go Herb Smith strictly because you know he's in the Vikings offense. He's still 22 years old. Going to be 23 when the season starts. Kyle Rudolph's probably got about one year left in Minnesota contra- contractually. It, it, it would be favorable for the Vikings to release or trade him this uh, off season. And Irv Smith, as the season went on last year, you know, snap shares over 80% week in and week out. And they led the league in two wide receiver sets with using, you know, they loved using Rudolph and Irv at the same time. But when Conklin started to come in during the end of the season, it just seemed really like Rudolph was kind of on the outs. And, um, you know, I see Irv Smith, cementing himself in this Minnesota Viking offense for the future. And, you know, it's, I know he's more undersized. Like I just said, what I don't like out of Brevin Jordan, but he just fits this offense too well for me. And, and that's why I would have him at one Oh five. Well, I, I like the pick and I, I like that, that you mentioned Kyle Rudolph because one, one thing I've gotten a, a bit of a rap on from our Patreons, as well as some of the group chats I'm, I'm in, I've become somewhat of a capologist. And it, it matters so much more to our dynasty rosters. It's one thing that if I could give novice and newer dynasty GMs something to, to look at in the offseason is, is look at not only a team's pending free agents, but who benefits if that free agent moves. So Corey Davis is going to be a free agent. That's cool. Who benefits from Corey Davis leaving a free agency? And then salary cap. 
what tough decisions are is a team going to have to make around veteran players? And and one that ties directly to Herb Smith is Kyle Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph is due, I think it's $9 million, $8 million bucks, something like that. And as we sit here today, the 1st of February, Kyle Rudolph is due. Uh, I'm sorry, the, the Minnesota Vikings is, are over $18 million on the cap. So there's going to be some hard decisions. Now, good friend of the show and podcaster in his own right, Dan Williamson at Overhype Sleeper on Twitter. Dan's a, a Minnesotan, and he'll tell you that Kyle Rudolph's not going anywhere, so maybe he restructures. But I agree, he has got a limited time left in in Minnesota, and I have been extremely bullish on Irv Smith. I'm ready for this guy to break out. Now, my guy, my guy may not be as popular, but I one maybe I'm biased because he won me a couple of bucks on some prop bets this past season, and it's Cole Komet from the Chicago Bears. Speaking of cap situations, the Bears are also a little over the cap as we sit here today. And Jimmy Graham is due like nine million bucks, and they can save like six million if I remember correctly by letting him walk. And I love the flashes I saw from from Cole Komet. Uh, curious about what the tight end, I mean, excuse me, what the quarterback position is going to look like. I don't, are they going to bring Mitch back? I know Nick Foles is going to be on the team. It costs more money to cut him than to keep him. So hell, he could be the starter for all that I know. But I feel like Jimmy Graham's gone. I think Allen Robinson's all but gone. And I do believe that Matt Nagy is part of that Andy Reid coaching tree wants to use the tight end more. Now, I don't think he's going to turn Cole Komet into Travis Kelsey, but I do believe that he can turn Cole Komet into a very serviceable tight end for a dynasty roster. He's someone I've been looking to grab because, you know, much like Herb Smith and even Noah Fant, uh, I would say with the exception of Kyle Pitts, even Fryermuth's going to take a little bit of time to, to bake and develop. TJ Hawkinson did. Fant did. So with that said, I can get a guy who's maybe a little bit closer to contributing and a guy I'm looking to definitely add. So I'm going to go with Cole Komet at the 106 and I'm going to throw it back to Michael. Now, are you a Komet guy? Now you're a, you're a Pennsylvania guy, but you know, you, you probably saw him there at Notre Dame. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a Komet fan and admittedly watching Notre Dame film was pretty hard for me. Cause I really do not like Ian book. And I think part of that is uh, why I was lower on chase Claypool when I watched film on him. Hopefully I'm not insulting any Notre Dame fans out there, but deal with it. Um, so I, I don't like Ian book and watching him at the senior bowl was like, Oh, I forgot why I don't like this guy so much, but I do like commit a lot. Um, I didn't like the pick. And I know a lot of people that are bears fans. Shevin from our show is a bears fan. He was really, he was livid when they made that pick. Almost as mad as I was when the Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts. But another time, you could hear me rant about that. I'm an Eagles fan. So I like Komet, and now's the time to buy these guys. The first season, slightly depressed, but I'm going into the second season. Don't forget, third-year breakout applies for tight ends as well. So he's probably going to be as cheap as you can get him now. Do it while Jimmy Graham is still on the team. And always use uncertainty to get uh, value for players, too. That's what I do. So just some advice for you guys there. All right, man. What one uh one oh seven? Okay, so here's where it's starting to get a little. You know, you could really go either way with these guys, but I'm going to go with Harrison Bryant. Uh, did I steal your guy? 
Heck yeah, you keep going. I'll, I'll talk about Harrison Bryant. But we're going to let you finish your your analysis of Harrison Bryant. I, I was sitting here so sneaky. I'm like, I'm going to sneak in Harrison Bryant. But uh, no, I, I want to hear your your analysis of of Harrison Bryant. Then we're going to let Cody uh, break down both Bryant and Komet. Harrison Bryant was a guy that I wasn't high on until I talked to my guys on the podcast, and they kind of sold me on him a little bit. So Harrison Bryant, it was either him or Albert O from Denver is kind of where I was looking at. And with the ACL injury that he suffered last year, I kind of moved Harrison Bryant up above him. So um, he's a guy that I do like now. And again, this is where I talked about for listening to people that you trust. I do have him in a couple spots. And once he started to break out a little bit, I moved him and I got some pretty good return on him as well. Well, we're getting into that range where all you people that either are in the middle of startups or will be doing, I, I tend to do my startups after the Super Bowl. I want to see how everybody is health-wise, going into the offseason, yada, yada, yada. But, dude, Harrison Bryant is such a better guy to tack on the back end of your roster as opposed to a Kyle Rudolph, as opposed to a Jacob Hollister or a Will Disley. I mean, Cleveland, to their credit, not only did they win a playoff game, but they've done a great job drafting. But here's the thing. And much like my Colts, I'm a Colts fan. When that, that check's coming due, guys, that check's coming due. You had to pay Miles Garrett. At some point, you're going to have to pay Nick Chubb. You're going to have to pay Denzel Ward. You're going to have to pay Baker. And, and someone's going to have to go. Who's going to go more than likely? The guy who now is like the third highest paid tight end at one time, the highest paid tight end of the league, Austin Hooper. And who is doing a great job when Austin Hooper was hurt? Harrison Bryant, I was so looking forward to getting him. Yeah, you, you snipe me, and uh, it, it cut me deep. But I'm going to throw it to Cody. Cody, I want to get your input on the last two guys. I want to get your get your input on Komet and on Harrison Bryant. So I am not as high as on Harrison Bryant as you guys. Definitely, I had him uh, right at the eleven twelve area for myself. But uh, I'm going to go back to Cole Komet first. I love the Cole Komet pick. He's still 21 years old. Towards the end of the season, like you said, you're getting him cheap still, and and even with that, just because his usage or his uh, his output wasn't as good as people expected, he still had a hundred percent snap share in a couple games, over ninety percent in a couple more. It, it really goes down to the the quarterback play, and if that quarterback play gets better at all, Cole Komet's going to jump into that you know top 12 dynasty tight ends. And he has more athleticism than Harrison Bryant. That's my problem with Harrison Bryant really is a couple things. It's Hooper, like you just said, he signed that big contract. He's still got three years where they really can't cut him or anything like that because the dead cap outweighs what his actual cap is. And even that with David Njoku is still there. He's still 24 years old. For me, there's just too much there, too many moving parts, and they run the ball so much. It's you know, Kevin Stefanski came from Minnesota, and that's you know that's where I grew up. Is Minnesota? I've been a Vikings fan my whole life. I know how much they use the tight ends, and I know how much he loves them specifically. Um, but yeah, I just you know I'm not a big Harrison Bryant guy. That uh, this it just doesn't seem like there's enough opportunity there for him. So that's why I wouldn't have picked him there. But I do like the Cole Komet pick a lot. Well, all right. Well, I want to hear who you're taking then at 108. So if we took someone a little earlier than you would, we had to have left you something nice here at the 108. So this is one of the, this is, I mean, this is more so just like you said, it's whoever you like. And, and for me, I'm in a a tough situation where I'm looking at two guys 
And I'm going to go with the younger guy, Brevin Jordan from Miami. Um, you know, I, I don't know where he's going to land, obviously, but it just feels like a better situation than the other guy I wanted to pick. And, and, and I like to compare him to like a David Njoku from Miami. And I just, you know, the athleticism, the yak, it's all there for him. And and I think he's a clear number three in this class with a couple guys close behind. But, you know, that's Brevin Jordan's my guy right here. Well, I, I like Brevin Jordan a lot. I like I like the athletes. I, yep. I, I like the athlete at the position. Uh, I, I think sometimes it, it, the guys who can block a lot get on the field faster, but sometimes they get pigeonholed too much into blocking. And, and the worst the team's offensive line is, and if they get an offensive line injury, the guy that you want going out on pass patterns tends to stay in and block a lot more than you want to. So uh, I like the I like the Brevin Jordan pick. Now you left me a guy. I thought you were going to go this guy. Uh, thank you for for doing that for me. I'm gonna go Adam Troutman. This is where my research has led me. Uh, Jared Cook. Uh, now I would be very nervous if uh, Tyson Hill ends up being the permanent quarterback. They act like he's going to. They they really act like he is going to be the guy, and that makes me very very nervous in New Orleans. But if if they go anyone else with Jared Cook being a free agent, 34, 35 years old. Uh, there was a Roto World blurb today as we are talking here on the show, and they were talking about an expanded role for Adam Troutman in 2021. Um, looked great in the Senior Bowl this time last year. Uh, former quarterback, if I remember correctly, and I just think he's going to be a nice security blanket for whoever winds up taking the QB uh, the QB gig there in New Orleans. So I'm going to take Adam Troutman at the 109 and feel very, very happy to have made that pick. So, Michael, anything on uh, anything on Troutman before you make your final pick of this exercise? Yeah, I love Troutman, to be honest with you. And he was a guy, if I had Jerry Cook in any leagues, I picked up Troutman because I think it's going to be pretty seamless. I should think Cook's older. I think he's 37, to be honest with you possibly um well, if, well he's not like old as in like relationship to the earth he's just old as it relates to the, the NFL. nfl exactly yeah that's ancient for the nfl unless you're tom brady um i like i like traveling a lot i'm also worried though if Taysom hill is the full-time quarterback and it just i just don't get it put james in there that offense is going to look better as a matter of fact i'd be concerned about all my saints pieces if Taysom hill is the quarterback starting with um Michael Thomas. I don't know why. I just wanted to call him Slant Boy. I couldn't help it. Uh, but um, I do like Brevin Jordan from the limited film that I've seen on him. Again, the concern is he's a little bit smaller like Irv Smith. But that being said, if he goes to the right spot in a creative offense that puts him out in open space, he's going to be fine. Um, so does that bring it back to me then, correct? All right. So I took a lot of heat for this. But you know what? One of the things that I'm doing is I'm standing by my guys. And if we're talking about prime for a third year breakout, I'm taking Jay Sternberger because I saw what he has at Texas A&M. Um, I had his stats pulled up here. His last year at A&M, 48 catches, 832 yards, and 10 touchdowns. Now, he hasn't done much with the Packers. Um, he got a concussion, I think, when they played the Eagles. I remember that. Obviously, Eagles fan, I was watching the game. But just big, athletically gifted, good hands hoping LaFleur can sprinkle him in a little bit. Yeah, and I know Tanyan being there really kind of screwed us up a little bit. But um, as a matter of fact, was Tanyan el eligible to be put on this list? 
I know he was undrafted, but was he? I, you know, I, I know, I know. I missed when I wrote out the list initially. I know I missed um, uh, Parham, the guy from the Chargers. I I may have missed Tanyan. I think I missed him because he's like twenty six or twenty seven years have. old. I, I'm I'm searching right now. I think he may even be a free agent. So. Um, and uh, Green Bay, they, they drafted another tight end that I don't think I'm going to do any spoilers by mentioning Josiah DeGuara, who's listed as a, a tight end. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, DeGuara's from Cincinnati. He was kind of like a H-back, like yeah. H-back. Yeah, so I don't think – I know that draft was weird for the Packers, though. I'm sure as a Vikings fan, you were probably pretty oh. – we were we were pumping the yeah. That was like, let's go, keep going. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm watching what they're doing. I'm like, what are you guys doing over there? Okay. Well, well, I I did miss him because I took the I took the uh, the people who got drafted directly off of the the NFL draft the okay. the li- the list of tight ends drafted, and then I was in another group chat and someone mentioned Donald Parham, and I was like, shit, I literally forgot Donald Parham, so I added him to our list. But yes, technically. Uh, technically, Mr. Uh, Tanyan would have been eligible for this list as well. So oversight on my part as the the, the person who creates the show. But uh, he is a restricted rights free agent, it says here. So, so I'm um, assuming they'll probably... I, I don't know why they wouldn't. They should. Um, He's probably due for, due for a big, big payday after, you know, what do you have, 11, 12 touchdowns? That's not a huge payday, but like... Enough for it. it might push them, you know. If yeah, and, and they're going to have to make some other decisions. Uh, part of the uh, the Aaron Rodgers, uh, I don't say tantrum after the game, but part of that was is that he basically wants his guys resigned. He wants his center resigned. He wants Aaron Jones resigned. He damn sure wants Robert Tanyan resigned. Mm-hmm. And, and where does that money come from? So uh, again, for the listening audience, so how about this? We we've, we've already drafted. Um, Kind of a kind of a layup here for Cody. He's he's going Robert Tanyan at the one eleven. But but in, in in all sincerity, where would you guys have put Tanyan? Would he have been somewhere for me? He probably would have been somewhere between Friar Muth, Irv Smith, and Cole Komet in that one hundred four, one hundred five, one hundred six range. Is that fair? Yeah, I I think I think that's a fair spot for him, just strictly because you know he's attached to Rogers, and, and especially if he comes back, that's a that's a slam dunk for me. That's no question. All right, good. Now, now, who was your official pick there, Michael? We got distracted by Robert Tanyan. It was Jace Sternberger. All right, it was yeah. That that's how we got to Robert Tanyan. So we got Jace Sternberger. So, Cody, anything on Jace Sternberger and Adam Troutman? I know that. Uh, I think you have to, as part of being a card carrying member of the Roto Underworld. I think you have to. I think you have to like Adam Troutman by rule. And uh, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts on him and on uh, Jace Sternberger. So. Just like you said, you know, Troutman is tight end 14 overall in Dynasty for us at Roto Underworld. And and part of that comes from his agility score. It's 95th percentile. You know, he went to a small school at Dayton, so it's tough to really evaluate that, uh, you know, 97th percentile college dominator. It is what it is. Agility is the one metric that relates to tight ends best is what I've learned. And, and, you know, his best comparable we had as Dallas Goddard. And like you said, with, with Jared Cook on the outs looking like, you know, 33, 34, 35 years old, whatever it is, we can only hope that Taysom Hill is not the quarterback. And, and if it's Jameis, really anybody other than Taysom Hill, I would be ecstatic about. But uh, that's, yeah, 
that was my pick other than Brevin Jordan. That was who I was, you know, cutting right there. And, and yeah, I love Trout, love Troutman. Sternberger, you know, as a Viking fan, that's tough for me. But he has a third-round draft capital. You know, if Tanya's gone, plug him in. It's, it's that easy. And he's not a guy I had this high. But I can see an avenue where he can get moved up this list really quick just with that Tanyan gone, connected to Rodgers, that offense. I'm on board. All right, man. You got one last pick yourself. So who's going to be your last guy before uh, we, we talk a little Stafford and golf? So this 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 is uh, just like the last one, a little tough one for me. You know, little uh, you know bias toward Buffalo just playing last weekend. I wanted to go Dawson Knox, but I think I'm going to go Foster Moreau strictly because you know Witten's gone. And, and Waller is that number one receiver in that offense for me. And Moreau just, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm just, you know, stuck on him. I, I loved him coming out. And I think he, you know, Waller, I don't know what Waller has left on his contract. Maybe a year or two, I want to say. No, did he just sign a new contract? Uh, he's going to be there at least a couple of more years. Yeah. But I, I can completely see a path for for Foster Moreau. So yeah, yeah he, I think he's got like two years left on his deal, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so so like Moreau is still twenty three; he's going to be twenty four years old, over two hundred fifty pounds across the board. He's just an overall athlete, and we saw you know like they give him little opportunities here and there. He had forty seven yard reception, twenty two yard reception. Like he has the burst, he has the agility, he has the quickness. That's that's really what I'm looking for in tight ends, especially in the latter half of drafts, or you know, with their free and free agency or. Or, or just to throw in a dynasty trade, Foster Moreau is one of those guys that's, for me, he's a, he's a buy low right now or just a throw in. So that's that's who I'm going to go with. Yeah, and, and and he's a must if you own Darren Waller. He's the he's the forgotten son of the big tight ends. We often talk Kitty Kittle and Kelsey, and we used to talk uh, Zach Ertz. I think Darren Waller, in my opinion, has officially supplanted Ertz as part of the big three of tight ends and then knocking on that door right behind him, obviously Hawkinson and Andrews yeah. and whatnot. But if you own Darren Waller in a tight end premium, and it's one of those things, it depends on the depth of your roster. Obviously you couldn't do this in like say an FFPC league where you only carry 14, 15, 16 guys. But if you're like in, in an MFL league or a sleeper league where you're carrying 25, 30 guys and you have Darren Waller and you're not backing him up with uh with Foster Moreau, you have made a uh, uh, an error, in my opinion, especially if you're going to take a reach on like a – I could just see someone drafting Jimmy Graham in like the 30th round when they could easily get a guy like Foster Moreau instead. So my final guy is going to be Dawson Knox. I was really kicking around between him, Bryson Hopkins, uh, Devin Asiasi with the Patriots, but I'm going to go Dawson Knox. Here's a guy who – he only played in 12 games this year due to some injury – only started seven, but he had 50 targets and he had three touchdowns and then had a couple more in the playoffs. And, and just a guy that I think we will continue to see Brian Dayball mix into this offense. I, th I think uh, there, there's a big opportunity there. Uh, I, I think the Bills fans and Dynasty GMs that are attached to the Buffalo Bills, I think we, because I own a lot of Josh Allen and a lot of Stephon Diggs in, in my Dynasty leagues, and we were the big winners and Brian Dayball not getting a head coaching job because that's going to solidify that offense. Because uh, it's one of those things. It's, it's only been one year of this new and improved Josh Allen. And as Josh Allen goes, so will this offense. And for him to get another year in this offense just to 
solidify those work habits and those reads and everything that he worked on from 19 to 20. Now he's going to get a less of a weird COVID off season and more time with these guys. And at some point, you know, I don't know how much longer, you know, John Brown's going to stick around. I like what I saw out of Gabriel Davis, but I think there's a real opportunity for Dawson Knox to be the second or third option in a very high volume pass offense. I started to sweat there for a minute because I thought Cody was going to nab him from me, but thank you so much. But um, <laughs> how about this? We'll go around the horn real quick before we talk. Was there anybody that, that you had your eye on that you didn't take? I'll, I'll, Michael, any one last guy you would mention here? So you actually said Bryson Hopkins. I'm a huge Bryson Hopkins fan from Purdue. I hated the landing spot, just being behind Gerald Everett and Tyler Higbee. But those guys can't be there forever. So, again, buy the buy him now. I picked him up off waivers in a bunch of leagues for like a fab dollar. And I figure if I get him, great. If not, I'll just try to trade for him cheaply later. But I love Bryson Hopkins. You know, he he's the one. He's the joker to keep in, in the back of your pocket because Garrett is a free agent. Uh, Gerald Everett, I'm sorry, I combined him into one word. Garrett, uh, Ger- Gerald Everett is a free, is a free agent. Now they could cut Tyler Higby and his little bit of a larger, you know, contract to save a little bit of salary cap potentially. But Bryson Hopkins more than likely is going to be the number two tight end on this team. And if it happens to be him and Gerald Everett, Gerald Everett not the healthiest cat around. So uh, my, my other guy was going to be again Devin Asiasi. Um, a lot of people were really high on him coming out of UCLA. I think his teammate Dalton Keene will be more of that blocking tight end in the two tight end set. So uh, maybe he can get out in some pass patterns. And let's be honest, the offensive weapon cabinet in New England is a little barren. So that was my other guy. Anybody uh, else for you, Cody? And then when you get done, man, just go ahead. And I, I want to hear your thoughts on the Stafford golf situation. So, there was two guys I was looking at, and and two I really just couldn't pull the trigger on, especially over Moreau. Obviously, I was leaning Knox before you took him, and um, really it's Albert Okuibunum who, for me, I couldn't pull the trigger on because he's he's attached to Fant, and like I said, with Fant, that offense is just the quarterback play isn't up to enough. You know, if you look back at Gronk and Aaron Hernandez, like if you want a your ideal uh, tight end duo, if if you if you expect that to happen, you have to have a competent quarterback, and I just don't see that in the outcomes in Denver unless they go after someone in free agency. And the one guy that I, I think is going to be going up boards you know, as soon as he's drafted is Hunter Long from Boston College, and that's a rookie. And I just – I haven't seen too much of him, but what I've seen is is just electric, you know, 685 yards this year in 11 games, five touchdowns, 23% target share, like – this guy, I think, is going to be a mainstay in the league for years to come. And and but 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 like the other, I couldn't pull the trigger on him because you just don't know where he's going to be. And his talent level, I don't think, is on par with guys like Fryermuth, Pitts, Brevin Jordan, obviously. But I mean, that's going to be what I'm going to be looking for. And with the Golf and Stafford trade, when I saw this come through, just like I think everybody when they saw it come through, where they were like, "Whoa, two first round picks and a third, and, and Golf for Stafford," and, and I think after I let it kind of sink in, it was, you have to realize how much money they took on. And and that was like the, the, that was my justification was, you know, they're taking on a huge contract under golf. And even if he's not in the plans, they still have the top 10 pick this year and picks going forward. They're going to figure it out. Hopefully, you know, not, I mean, 
actually, you know, I'm a Viking fan. I don't really want to see that. But, you know, from, from a fantasy standpoint, obviously with Swift and Hawkinson, you want to see them hit the quarterback. And I think Goff, you know, he can be a guy, but I just don't think he can be the guy. And But from a Stafford standpoint, I mean, talk about going all in. That's a big move. It was a it was a lot of uh, a lot of risk to put out there, but they're not fans. They're like that GM in your league that just doesn't give a rat's ass about their first round pick. They they haven't made one and won't make one from 2016 when they took golf. And by the way, they gave up two first, two seconds, and two thirds to get that pick to get golf. They gave wild. away a cup. They gave it's just wild. And, and and for them to be as successful as they have been just speaks to Sean McVay and speaks to what Les Snead has done with that team. But what about you, Michael? What was uh, your takeaway when you got that? Uh, for me, all my group chats went bananas, and it was perfect because why else would my wife be pissed off? Because, you know, we're having a nice evening, we're watching a movie as a family, and all of a sudden the world just goes to hell. But what wh- what happened uh, in your world with, uh, with Mr. Stafford? Well, I was about to go to bed, so that kind of postponed that a little bit. I wanted a nice good night's sleep. Um, I actually think the Lions won this trade, to be honest with you, and here's why. Making this trade for Stafford, Stafford can't talk still, really puts the Rams in a two-year window to win the Super Bowl. That's it. He said he was going to play out his contract, which had two years on it, and then reevaluate from there. Tells me he doesn't know what it's like in L.A. L.A. might not be the best fit for him and his family. Maybe he wants to go elsewhere. So two years puts you at 2023, right? 21, 20, no. So you still got 2023 with no draft pick. So it's it's tough. Detroit got a young quarterback that you know who's the do we know who the offensive coordinator is off the top of our heads in Detroit? Yeah, it's it's actually a guy. Um, I had to defend this poor man's honor in uh, one of my Patreon group chats, and that's Anthony Lynn. Even though he was not a great head coach, he was a pretty decent offensive coordinator, and the offenses there in in uh, L.A. Um, they were top 11 in yards all three years that he was there, and they were in the top 19 in points scored. So top 19 is just a shade below 50%. So not as bad as you think, and, and a pretty pass-friendly offense with Anthony Lynn at the helm. So it was some combination of Anthony Lynn and Nick Sirianni, but you know how that goes. So I, I'm I'm excited. So there's your answer. No, I like that then. And like you said uh, before on the pod, Pat Shermer, better offensive coordinator, then head coach could be the same thing with Anthony Lynn. We saw that with Jason Garrett. Uh, we've seen that with Norv Turner. He was not a great head coach, but he's been an offensive coordinator for, I think, my entire life. I'm 36. I just been 36 past me. And so, pretty sure that sounds about right. Yeah, he's been in the NFL forever. So, I think it. I think it's good. I just don't know. I was talking to Maddie before the show. I don't know what Campbell's tenure is going to be like in Detroit with the whole bite ankles to really want that kind of like rah, rah, you know, know, on a young team, I I think they do. I think they do. I, 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 first of all, I think it's been proven that Matt Patricia was like a Mensa. And for those that know what, don't know what Mensa is, it's like a genius IQ level society. He was like a Mensa level smart guy, but he wasn't like the most people person. And what I love about Dan Campbell is he was never a coordinator. He was never an OC. He was never a DC. Kind of like Joe Judge in, in um, excuse me in New York with the Giants. I mean, people this time last year were killing that hire uh, of Joe Judge. But I like the fact that he brought in Anthony Lynn, a guy who's been the head coach in the league, who can you know help him. Hey, here are the mistakes that I made. The same way 
that Joe Judge brought in the clapper to, to help him out. I, I think that's more valuable than people realize. To have someone who's done the job that you're trying to do and can help take on a larger role as you learn your new role. And he spent the last few years learning the head coaching game as the assistant head coach for Sean Payton. Now, I think this is going to be a very young locker room. Um, you know, Pete Carroll has had a lot of good luck with that rah-rah mentality in Seattle. So I could see that working well for Dan Campbell. And and I love what, what they're doing in Detroit. Now, it's Detroit. It can go a lot of many different ways. So I, I will save a, more of my takes tomorrow because I do want to have this conversation with Jerry as he is uh, one of my favorite Lions fans. But I will say this. The, you know, there was the report that the Lions turned down the 108 from Carolina and maybe a little something else. And what that tells me is that Detroit does not think very highly of this current draft class of QBs. It tells me that outside of Trevor Lawrence, they have a lot of questions about Trey Lance, a lot of questions about Justin Fields, a lot of questions about about Zach Wilson, and that they don't want to make this pick and that at, at the minimum, they can use... They can use uh, Jared Goff as a bridge guy for a year in 2020 and then see because he's much more cuttable next year. So they can use it as a bridge guy. And the best case scenario is, is Jared Goff plays better. He's a quieter guy. He's not like a super alpha. And maybe he flourishes in a smaller market like Detroit. He's still going to be in a dome. Um, you know, he's going to have dome games with, with, with the Vikings. So it's not like the weather's going to be horrible. And I, I think it's a win-win for the, the Lions, especially if they don't like the rest of the quarterbacks in this class. Because then you go into next year's draft, you're going to have your pick, you're going to have the, the Rams pick, and then you're going to have another Rams pick. So if there's a quarterback you love in the 2022 class, then you'll have the ammunition, as opposed to not having it now, you'll then have the ammunition to go up and maybe get the quarterback of the future next year so the way the lions played this was very crafty uh I, I think it's smart like a fox and man don't sleep on my man the the uh, i told maddie again for those that don't know matt uh maddie big chest at maddie big chest on twitter he designs all of our shirts he did the tj hockamania shirt over at viridian global he did the aaron godgers t-shirt i was like where in the hell is the detroit knee biter t-shirt we gotta have a knee biter t-shirt like just like Two ratty-looking knees with, like, teeth marks in them. I was like, that sounds perfect. So, anyway, I want to thank you guys so much for jumping on, giving me just over an hour of your guys' precious time. I know you guys have so much going on in uh, your personal and professional lives on top of all the podcasting you do. So, I'm going to go in reverse order. Cody, one more time, tell these people where they can find you on Twitter and uh, what you got going on with your football content. So, yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Patreon at Carpentier NFL. And, you know, uh, going forward till the draft, we are, I mean, I'm collecting all the rookie data, just trying to crunch it and get out the best, you know, uh, information, rankings, et cetera, out there so that anybody else can just, you know, if, if one person takes one thing from somebody, that's all that matters. It's, you know, if you can help somebody, that's that's really the, the main thing here. And we all just want to do better and uh and you know learn and so that's you know that's why i'm here that's what that's what i like about football and and fantasy football especially so i appreciate you having me on especially and uh and you know hopefully we can do this again in the future absolutely man you are always welcome here on the dwz and uh michael that goes for you too man and um i want to apologize in advance for maddie he is a handful but we love him 
as one of our content creators and uh, our graphics guy. But no, in all sincerity, thank you for jumping on. What do you guys have going on now? You said you move from Fridays to Tuesdays. Always a good idea. Yeah. You know, like in like the TV world, TV shows that are on Friday always flopped because no one's ever home. That's like going out to eat dinner night. So I think you've made a fantastic business decision. Uh, I will look forward to uh, having that podcast and YouTube feed a little bit earlier in my week. I'm a subscriber, so I look forward to that. But what what, what else is uh, going on with the Rewind as we creep on rookie season? So it's it, we started rookies January 8th was our first rookie breakdowns of the year. I think we were short of being a Devi podcast, one of the earliest podcasts to do it. Because um, the time to win your league is now. Yeah, yeah, it's when you set your lineups. But if you're playing Dynasty, which obviously you are listening to this podcast, you really need to um, figure out what you're going to do and what guys you want to take and why. So, and as far as moving from uh, Tuesday to from Fridays to Tuesday, everyone's either married with kids or engaged. So it's time that we give the Friday nights back to the ladies, as it were, and uh, take Tuesdays for the boys. But you can find me on Twitter at the Embower eighty five. And like I'll say right now, like I always say on our show, I would much rather you follow the show at Dynasty Rewind. Check out our Patreon. Great group chat. Great group of guys. Fantastic writers. If you play IDP, I don't know if you do. You guys cover IDP here at all on the Warzone. We do not dabble too much into the black arts known as individual <laughs> defensive player. Uh, I am in one league with uh, those wild and crazy Australians. Oh, by the way, side note, Australian people love IDP. So uh, I, I play in one IDP league, but no. Uh, we talked about this before the show uh, hit record. Uh, a man or woman who knows what they don't know knows a lot. I know that I'm not very good at IDP. So I believe in that rule of one one idp league so i have one i i dabble but I, i'm i'm not great at it what do you what are you guys doing with idp what do i need to follow uh well we got uh bob van duzer and I, his uh his twitter handle i'll get that for you guys in just a second it is uh you can find him bbab at underscore ffb and we are actively trying to get him to change that to something that i don't have to look up every time i want to say it uh but he's doing our idp content and that's all behind the paywall at patreon easier than making a website everybody just so you know um so all this stuff's over there but he's great he's sharp honestly one of the sharpest idp guys i've ever had the opportunity to talk to fantastic we do pretty much everything except dfs we're looking for somebody so dm me if you're in there you go if, if you're a dfs content creator whether that be audio or written sounds like they need a written content provider man get with my boy michael uh he'll, he'll be tagged in all the show all the show spreading of the twitter uh, promotions tomorrow but cody michael thank you guys so much for joining me you guys are awesome if you're not following them thank first you. of all shame on you but make sure you do man i've added them to my circle my circle is small but uh of guys that i'm going to be relying on to get me ready for the draft which means they're going to be helping me get you ready for the draft so on behalf of cody on behalf of michael and myself remember here at the Dynasty War Zone, we are just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We'll see you back here tomorrow with Jerry breaking down that Stafford trade and then uh, on Wednesday for some Super Bowl bets. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Hey, fellow War Zone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster. I'm usually thinking about Dynasty fantasy football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what. Well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. As a member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. 
You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds, tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat.